Welcome to the Sky Society Podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. We are back with another episode of the Sky Society podcast. Today, I am interviewing Lucia Strenke. She is the Global Marketing Manager at Brett. Welcome, Lucia. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Of course. And where are you joining us from today? I'm in Italy. I'm in Rome. Um, oh my Rome. gosh. How, how beautiful. And is that where you're from originally? Yes, exactly. Before we go into kind of your career journey and how you ended up in the U.S., can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Lucia and I was actually born in Hungary. That's what I was wanting to tell you. And, but I grew up in between Italy, France and Switzerland. So I kind of travel around in different countries within Europe. I am specialized in marketing and brand management. I have a major in fashion and luxury, so we have some experience in the fashion and luxury sector. I currently work at Frette as a global marketing manager, where I coordinate initiatives happening in the U.S. market, European market, and the APAC regions, mostly for the business-to-business channels and the business-to-consumer channels. So in the detail, I take care of organizing events, offering special, very important client experiences, some drive-to-store marketing initiatives, and collaborating, of course, wherever I can, also with the digital marketing team in order to realize like omni-channel projects. That is incredible. And I can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up moving to the U.S.? And Because you're created and start there. And so how did you get the courage to move across the country to begin your marketing career? Sure. So for me, New York was really a dream. And I really wanted to come to work and start to work in New York because I feel it's like the most authentic international city in the world. Also, it's a hub, well known to be a hub of many important companies, especially in the fashion and luxury sector. So there were several opportunities and I decided to, you know, really do everything I could in order to find an opportunity. It wasn't very simple. It took me months of work. But I have to say, perseverance was the key. I was waking up every day, and it was part of my daily routine to send at least three applications. Sometimes they were like spontaneous applications, sometimes they were for job offers. But I was very determined that I wanted to make it somehow, that I made it part of, as I mentioned, of my daily routine. Um, as I said, like it took a while, several occasions where it didn't work out. But at the end, I managed to find an opportunity. This is how I went to work at Coty, the beauty and the fragrance company, where I was working on the Calvin Klein Fragrances Global Marketing Team. Do you have any advice there for international, like I, I talk to girls a lot who are, maybe they, they recently graduated and maybe you, you, you didn't go to school in the US or did you? I didn't, no, no, no at that time, no, it was, yeah, I graduated in Spain. They're, they feel like they're having difficulty getting hired because they have to, you know, almost work twice as hard or have twice as many accomplishments as someone who's in the U.S. because they have to, that company has to sponsor them. Did you face that issue where it was like difficulty finding someone to sponsor you or do you have any advice it, there? It was very, very challenging. And my advice is that you need to keep networking, speaking with people, get to know people. You never know where an opportunity can pop. And again, I think 
when working very hard and keep persisting, at the end, it's a question of time and a solution is always, a solution is always going to come up. Yeah. Just don't give up. Keep trying. Exactly. That's definitely the key. And you also have an MSc in marketing. Can you explain why you decided to pursue that? So I realized that I wanted to pursue a career in marketing and I decided to do my studies in Toulouse Business School in Barcelona because they had this specialization in the fashion and luxury sector. So I always knew that I wanted to work in this industry. I like the idea how luxury brands communicate about their exclusivity and not only about the product. Luxury brands have unique storytelling, they have a unique heritage, and their goal is really to connect with clients through their history. So I I like the idea of going beyond the traditional marketing and work in an environment where the goal is to sell really a dream and not only just a product. And how did your MSc like help you elevate that? Because most people just get an undergrad. So why specifically get get that extra level of degree? It was a great study path because I was working and the classes were done by professionals. So it was very concrete. The, we had a lot of case studies. The speakers were working at Chanel or you know within companies that they were covering a marketing director role. So they were coming with uh, concrete examples, with concrete uh, study plans, concrete like, exercises. So it helped me like really, besides the theoretical marketing, really to understand the practicality of marketing. And is it something that employers like like to see on on your resume as well? I'm assuming for, for sure. And I mean, you could really say like that you, even before starting your career path. You could really give concrete examples on projects that were real company projects uh, in order to show that you already understand a bit of marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a good alternative. And I, and I always love hearing of, you know, some women have them, some don't. Both end up can end up in incredible places in your career, but it's always interesting to hear why someone decided to pursue that extra level of education. Okay. No, no, it's definitely uh, it was a great, great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you ended up starting your marketing career at a small startup, Presta Shop, as a marketing account manager, and then you moved over to Cody as a global marketing coordinator. And I'm pretty sure most of us know, but Cody is the big beauty brand that, or the big, I don't conglomerate that owns brands like Kylie Cosmetics and Philosophy. Can you give an overview of this first part of your career? Sure. At Presta Shop, as I mentioned, it was more a startup tech environment. I had a great experience there because I was living in Paris. So it gave me the opportunity to learn French, which afterwards was a very useful skill while working in code. I was in fragrances, as I mentioned. So the fragrance industry, it's, I mean, super international, but you will encounter a lot of uh, perfumers, especially that are coming from. While walking there, uh, working there, it was definitely a nice experience because I had the opportunity to develop like toolkits and marketing toolkits for global markets. So the objective and the way how it was structured it was that when launching a new product we needed to do like first a competition analysis on the territory where we wanted to launch the, the fragrance itself so let's assume it was a summer limited edition then we were looking into competition in that category and then there was the scent development so i was working with fragrance houses on the development of scent then moving to the packaging design was once the scent was developed so if it was more citrusy, we were trying to match the colors based on that. If it was more fresh, more fresh colors, and we we're working with like design. Then everything which was really around the product. So 
I was overseeing and working with the mer global merchandising team on how to actually feature this product within the stores, within retailers, and what would be the communication behind this, this new launch. So what are the digital assets? What will be the advertising campaign? So the full 360 marketing toolkits were kind of passing by the global marketing team and I was really overseeing part of these of these new launches. And it was again a very nice, nice opportunity, especially because it was also seeing how you develop global toolkits, but how you adapt them to local markets. Because then I was working with each local market on the actual launch of the product. Yeah, tell me about that global marketing piece for a second. Can you, because I've, I've seen this title a little bit, but can you talk about what makes a global product marketing approach unique and kind of what steps you're taking when you're launching these new products or campaigns globally? So basically, global marketing it means the development of the product. So global marketing teams are the headquarters. They take the team, the global marketing team is really taking care of how to make these products Live. Once that toolkit is done, as I mentioned, with these different steps of the design, the packaging, the scent, merchandising, you put together really this toolkit and you send it out to local markets. So you, I, I was working with Italian market, Spanish market, UK market, and each of these regions have their own local marketing team that actually execute the new product launch. So they, you were giving them guidelines, you were giving them approvals when they were maybe to develop something outside of the guidelines that we provided. It's, it's a partnership with local markets, but they are the key, key players on, on within the global marketing area because they are the ones that actually execute them, uh, the product that you have worked on for years and years. So they are key partners. Wow, that's incredible. And so you're you're doing these these product launches from end to end. So are you there like all the time from the con the con the concepting all the way to the launch? That's exactly exactly how it works. From the concept to the PR launch. How long yeah. is that time frame? It really depends if you do like new scent, new fragrance development, but it can take between the shortest time frame. It's one year to three years as well. If there is like a wow true product development behind it. So how does it feel when you're working on something for years and it finally launches? Oh, it's super satisfying, especially <laughs> the best part is the fact that still after, you know, you've worked on it for so long, then it's done, but you can still see it in stores even years afterwards. That's great because it really, it really gives a feeling that you have worked on something that is going to stay on shelf, hopefully forever. Yeah, I can only imagine you at the store with your friends and being like, I worked on that product launch. Exactly. I worked on that one. <laughs> You're like, I can That's tell you exactly. all about everything that went wrong before this made it onto the shelf. <laughs> oh, yes. and Or just, you know, when you're walking by and suddenly you see the advertising campaign or something that they've worked on, that's also very satisfying. That, that has to be a pretty amazing feeling. Definitely pays back all the difficult all the All the craziness and stress. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> exactly. I would hope so. And I think working in the beauty industry is it's very much a cool space to work in. Can you tell me about like what it's even like to get to work with these cool brands and these products and, and just working in the beauty industry as a whole? I truly enjoyed working in fragrance because I think it's one of the categories within beauty that is very particular in terms of marketing. You know, you need to have a strong and build a strong connection between the scent and the, the client that is purchasing the, the, the fragrance itself. Whatever, you know, instead of working standard beauty, so for example, developing lipstick, it has a nice color, you communicate it easily 
the benefits of the actual fragrance. This benefit, it's more complicated to show when to communicate, so it needs to be more aspirational as an approach and, you know, really kind of trigger an emotion while you develop the scent, the packaging, the campaign, and really start to create like a new link between this new product and the new brand. You're right. The fragrance is such a different space. It is that aspirational. It's how it makes you feel. I even think when I go smell perfumes, they all smell good, right? So, yeah. so why am I buying one over the other? And it's because I, I want it to make me feel a certain type of way. Exactly. It has such a personal touch to it that I, I think it uh, makes it very unique. And I like, again, the idea of creating, working for marketing, but going a bit beyond the product and going beyond just the standard selling. It's more like really triggering an emotion. Yeah, which is really powerful and very difficult to do. Yes, it's too easy. So this space is obviously super highly coveted. It's probably like a 50-50 chance when I talk to someone young in their career, they're like, I want to work in beauty marketing. So what can young women do to better prepare themselves for a career in beauty marketing? My main advice would be really when applying for internships to make make the homework, research about the brand, understand where are they sending, be ready with even some recommendations. I think and overall companies and you know marketing teams like to see that the candidate is very well prepared on the brand itself and you know, even have some advice and, and really understand like, you know, what is going on within their brand already. So that's that would be my main advice. And also to pick a brand that you actually feel connected to. You're going to work on it eventually more than eight hours per day. So you need to like what you, you know, what you speak about and what you work for. It does help the <laughs> everyday life. I hope that you like the company that you work for or else it probably won't be a fun <laughs> job. <laughs> And yeah, no, it's it, more about the brand <laughs> more than the company, to be honest. You know, it's like really to be passionate about the brand. Yeah, yeah. And for and for you specifically, I know you we briefly touched on this, that you started your career at Presta Shop. Was that in the beauty industry or no? It was not. It was more like a tech a startup, tech company. So definitely a different type of environment. And again, the colleagues and the entire company was awesome. But I did lack that sort of connection with the product. So that's why. And how did you it. transfer that to Cody? So how did you highlight your transferable skills? So, cause I know some girls, they can't get into beauty out of, right. They want beauty to be their very first job out of mm -hmm. college, but it's so hard to do that. Right. So how can her, how did you do, or how can someone, you know, maybe get a tech job or a, like CPG got job, something completely different and then switch into beauty. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely very challenging, but I actually managed to get one interview. And during that interview, I really showed that I knew everything about brand, that I knew everything what was happening in terms of like business overall within fragrances. I was showing a lot of motivation during the interview. And again, keep persisting. Like I sent, I don't even know how many, you know, resumes per day and, and wait until the one is answering and when they answer, then really be sure to be prepared. I think no, I like switching that. industries, it's feasible, but you just need to really explain, you know, that you are passionate about I can imagine you showing up there and knowing more about the person that's knowing more about that industry than the person who's interviewing you. I can just tell by talking to you that you like came there and you knew everything there was to know. And I love that because I feel like 
so many people when they get an interview they do the basic prep of okay I'll go look at the website and I'll understand it but I think showing that next level of knowledge of like I don't just want to work in the beauty industry because everybody else wants to work in the beauty industry I want to work in the beauty industry because this is my true passion like I live and breathe this stuff and really demonstrating that level of research and passion and commitment to this space like just what you said it could absolutely help you even if you just get one interview to take that opportunity and turn that into an offer. And it takes hours of preparation, but that's exactly what you just mentioned. Just go beyond the surface and, you know, watch the old YouTube videos, watch the old campaigns, like watch as much as you can and take notes as much as you can because they are going to appreciate that you listen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you had an incredible and successful career at Cody, and you are now at the global marketing manager at Brett. So what prompted you to leave Cody and make the switch into retail luxury goods? So it was a very, very hard decision, but the reason why I've changed is because Cody, as most of the beauty companies, was a licensed model company, meaning that final decisions with everything that I just mentioned, so fans, packaging, advertising, merchandising, everything, where on the fashion house, so on the licensor. And sometimes it was making the process of advancing in your job and advancing on your project very challenging. So I, when I got the opportunity at Frette, I was very eager and interested in learning of marketing, working in marketing where decisions were fully made in house around one table with no licensor and see how, how that process looks like. And I have to say, course much smoother and you know you see another side of of, of, of how the marketing works and, more and retail and luxury goods was originally your focus too back when you were in school yes exactly i had like a major fashion and luxury yeah so you came back to it yes completely <laughs> <laughs> so what does a day or like a week in your life look like and in this new role i try to sleep first of all fret is about Luxury linen, luxury cushions. So everything is around the word of sleep. It's, it's definitely aligned with the, with the brand itself. So I try to sleep eight hours per night. That's kind of my rule. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I, need, I need that too. <laughs> oh, yes. No, everyone should do that. <laughs> I recommend it. And then, you know, I wake up, I have breakfast, I go to the office. So I work from usually I have between four to five meetings per day. Lately, I've been traveling a lot for work. So sometimes I do in-person meetings, discussing with partners where we could do co-branding partnerships, speak with the team internally. We have like very great like marketing team where we just update each other on uh, upcoming projects and upcoming topics where we need to kind of give each other updates. Then I speak with the creative team on the spending, what needs to be done. Sometimes the merchandising team on, you know, if there are any delays in terms of product delivery or anything that you should be aware of. Yeah, that's kind of my standard day. And then it really depends on, you know, every day is different as most in most of the companies. And you said that, so this company, it's luxury goods and it's like pillows and, or can you explain a little bit more about what? Yeah, of course. Sorry, I haven't introduced. So Frate is a 160 years old Italian, Italian brand. It is very well known for luxury linen. So they are the best um, producing the uh, linen. They are more and more repositioning themselves as a global luxury lifestyle company, meaning that they are creating products as well. We are creating products which are going beyond the bedroom. 
So it's not just about the linen, but also about athletic cushions, as I mentioned, cashmere clothes, loungewear, candles. And that's because our clients are have a certain style of cleaning, a certain lifestyle, which of course goes also beyond their, their home. And we want to make sure to satisfy them also in these other environments. So we do also yacht products. We do a lot of projects with yachting companies, private jets. So really the most exclusive places where you know our clients can be found, there there's a spread of products. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm imagining doing marketing in the luxury space is similar to what you mentioned about the fragrance because it's all about feeling right it's all about how you feel whereas it's not when you're making a luxury purchase it's not about a cost benefit analysis that the buyer is making they're going to spend a lot of money on something because they're it's an aspirational lifestyle that they want to be a part of correct me if i'm wrong or is that kind of how your experience transferred that's absolutely correct that's really like the main similarity between the two industries what i would add on is that within breath is really about the beauty of the product, like the quality of the product, craftsmanship, really it's it's so unique that it makes the, the, the desirability even higher. I, I wanted to touch on that point because I always think I'm always thinking in my our listeners' shoes and, and they always they want they want to have jobs like yours and they want careers like yours, but they're not always starting there. And so it's good to keep an eye on the transferable skills. It's like okay, I know I want to work in luxury what are the similarities of what it's like marketing and luxury that maybe I can do now? So fragrance, I feel like it's a good example because it's, you know, on the aspirational um, same vein, I I guess. And so I'm always trying to make those connections and I'm not sure if you have any others that you want to point out for that space. Between fragrance and luxury, I would say that's the main one, but I completely agree with you. Like skills are transferable. Every sort of, you know, no matter what is the background of someone, you just need to get a bit creative. And, you know, sometimes I, what helps at least from my end is like really write down the job description, what you currently do and try to find some similarity and connect the dots. There are plenty. It's yeah. Just and a, connecting them for the employer, if they are unable to see them and yeah. you making sure that they know like, Hey, I, I don't have experience specifically in the space, but I've done this and you know, it's, and you connecting those dots for them and showing them that you you do have those transferable skills. Completely. And even, you know, just showing the, as we mentioned before, that, that you have passion for that industry. And it can be just, you know, knowing what other brands are doing, knowing the latest campaigns. So if someone is asking you, like, have you, what is the latest digital campaign that you've seen from a luxury brand, you need to be able to reply and give them a complete example on why you like that and why you think it's interesting. That why that piece... So important because then what what happens in interviews is they'll be like, oh, tell me about a marketing brand or a campaign that you've recently saw. And someone will sit in the the interviewee will say a campaign and then just stop. But the why piece, right? Why do you like it? What was your thoughts? What was your your interpretation and you as a marketer? And so, yes, thank you for mentioning that, too. That why is so important. Yeah, I know. Definitely makes a difference. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, my last question for you is, what advice would you give to women in marketing who are looking to potentially be where you are now? I think we briefly touched on this before, but as I mentioned, really like make sure to work and to apply for companies where you are truly passionate about the industry and the brand itself. You it can make a true difference while working on marketing projects. And also something to keep in mind is that the marketing environment is changing so fast 
that the only way to be up to date is to keep being curious, looking into you know the new changes, looking into the new trends, and that's the only way to kind of keep up with what is teached within schools and within, you know, marketing programs. And that's again makes a difference why applying for new jobs that you can show that up to date and you know, it's not just the traditional marketing that you are aware of. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? Sorry? Where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? You can contact me on LinkedIn. I'm always available and more than happy to chat if anyone has you know, questions or advice. And very, we should support each other. That's another thing. To I think so too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, more this podcast and Sky Society is a step in that direction. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and your career advice. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Natalie. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also join our private LinkedIn group for women in marketing. It's called Sky Society Women in Marketing, and you are welcome to join us on LinkedIn. And you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at skysociety.co for more information on all things marketing and career. And I'll see you in the next episode.